I'm Elizabeth Finchantilli, and I write for The New York Times and The New Yorker. I'm Terry Teachout, drama critic of The Wall Street Journal. And I'm Peter Marks, theater critic of The Washington Post. Welcome to another edition of Three on the Isle, a monthly podcast from New York about theater in America. We are hosted by American Theater Magazine, a publication of the Theater Communications Group. Well, uh, lady and gentlemen, uh, we are back again this month trying to make a sense of these strange and extraordinary times for the theater. Uh, Terry, Elizabeth, I need to catch up with you. How are you both doing in this environment? Well, I couldn't be better. Hello, Cheryl. That was, <laughs> oh. that was a shout out to my girlfriend. Oh, that's oh so my sweet. God. This is going too fast for me. Yeah, I know. This is going too fast for me. Well, uh, listeners will be uh, obviously curious. You'll have piqued their interest. Page six will be calling in minutes. Uh, But congratulations, Terry. That's lovely news. She's a theater buff, and you'll see her on the eye. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. Something to look forward to among many things. Elizabeth, how are you doing? I uh, I thought I had seen a new uh, emoji avatar on your Twitter account, Terry, and I almost like killed over. When I yeah. saw that, yeah, that's 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 a, a caricature of her. Oh my um, gosh! I actually, she became aware of me because of this podcast. I matchmaker, like matchmaker, voice. make me. <laughs> All right, uh, no, that's, we're going to save the singing for later. Yeah, okay. Anyway, sorry. that's how I'm doing. Uh, well, well, um, kids and Erica, who's the only real grown up among us, this is <laughs> a summer of transition. And while the future of live in-person performance is beginning to come into focus, we can all agree, some details remain blurry. Little tiny issues like, will the Delta variant affect the ambitious plans across the country for a full throttle return? We know theater goers are itching to go back. But will they? Uh, the question is, I guess, in sufficient numbers? I mean, is that... St- and I don't think we're anywhere near having an answer to that. No. I really don't. I hate to say it, but I don't. I uh, Well, speaking of uh, people returning in, uh, in numbers, uh, I found it really interesting that uh, Springsteen on Broadway uh, is apparently not revealing grosses. Mm. Uh, so, you know, I it's, didn't a, know that. it's a tradition, I guess, that uh, producers reveal their weekly grosses and people who are curious. Not can, a guess. That is absolutely right. No, but I mean, like it's been, I don't know how long it's been going on, like, but several years at least. Oh, it's a, more than a, several. Yeah. At least yeah. 20, at least 20. Yeah. You, you can check it out on, on Playbill. You can like cross reference all kinds of, you know, variables anyway. So, um, he's not, uh, they're not revealing the grosses and, um, Apparently, more producers are going to follow suit because also apparently uh, when you see that a show is not doing well, you don't really want to go see it. So bad news creates worse news. And the solution is not to have better shows. The solution is not not to reveal (laughs) how much money you're not making. Um, And I am wondering what at this time this means because there's going to be a lot of shows coming back. And I am not sure there's an audience for all of them, honestly. No, well, not either. What? What? There are forty shows that are going to open or reopen in this season. More. Uh, yeah. So are, they're going to. Some of them are going to go down very fast. Well, you can get a ticket to anything. You can get a ticket to anything, which is mm-hmm. you know one indication going forward. You know, there was an initial sort of explosion of ticket buying around the first days when they announced this. And, you know, in in the kindest terms, you know, publicists will tell you that the sales have leveled off, which is, 
you know, translate, you know, loose tickets everywhere. And even if you look uh, every day, you know, even, you know, Springsteen has tickets. Uh, and I hear the sound of waiting to see. Mm. I think mm-hmm. that's what's happening. Yeah. yeah. But of course, there's more than just Broadway. You know, we're also right. going to be talking about some intriguing productions and developments that are popping up outside the bubble of New York. Yes. Probably a lot A lot of our listeners realize that part of my mission at the Wall Street Journal is to travel as much as I can and sort of in search of good and great work, uh, good and great work, wherever in the country I can find it. And I'm, I'm very pleased to say back on the road again. In fact, I am talking to you from Pittsfield, Massachusetts. Well, why are you talking to us from Pittsfield, Massachusetts, Terry? I'll talk a little bit more about it a little later. Okay. I saw my first show of any kind last week, uh, uh, Shakespeare and Company's uh, King Lear. Wow. And this week, uh, I saw another show there, um, a one-woman show called Being, Becoming Othello. And uh, before tonight, before this, sh- before this episode drops... I will be seeing a new one-woman play about Eleanor Roosevelt at Barrington Stage. Exciting. And I believe, actually, that both of these shows uh, have been streaming before, be- both Becoming Othello and uh, the Eleanor Roosevelt one, which, uh, is that the one with Harriet Harris? The yes. wonderful, wonderful Harriet Harris. Both have been streaming before. Wait, I wonder if that's, wait, is that a, what? wait, streaming? You mean on digital? <laughs> I'm just saying. I'm just saying. It's just. Well, it's a neutral piece of information. It's a neutral becoming piece of a fellow is, is clearly still in development. And <laughs> it it was webcast some time ago as a, a preliminary thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Eleanor, I would guess, is by Mark Saint Germain. Is uh, it's a production, but it's also a tryout. People the king want. of the biodrama. Well, this is a guy who gets performed everywhere, and. Uh, uh, a play about Eleanor Roosevelt with Harriet Harris in it. A, doesn't matter what I think of it. It's going to work. And B, I'm really excited about it. Well, you know, we we do strive. And one of our missions early on, we should all say, was to not just be New York-centric. That That's unavoidable at some points, especially yeah. over the last year and a half. Um, but by virtue of the fact that Terry is a wanderer, a theater wanderer, and Elizabeth loves to go out and report stories uh, in, in all kinds of interesting places. In all five boroughs. <laughs> and, <I> beyond. Have, <laughs> and, and beyond. Since and beyond. Since I have no travel budget as a freelancer. Yeah. Oh, wait, hold on. I, I have to look if there's some change under the, the, the couch cushion. There may be some <laughs> yeah. leftover. Well, well and, and no, but things are loosening up, even at, at the Post, which had some restrictions on travel. But now I'm, you know, getting out there a little bit more. And I focused more on the Northeast. Terry, uh, Terry obviously goes hither and yon. But uh, what we're going to try and do, at least uh, 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 as much as we can, is pull out our notebooks here and let you know a bit about what we're seeing and, and yeah. going to see all over this land. Can, can, it, can you sing some more, Peter? <laughs> <laughs> Please, I, I need more. I need that. more. Well, I think this could be a good, this could be a good uh, pledge drive. I, yeah, I sing drive. I strive to be cast in something by some for you know law, by some very very insightful uh, casting director. You know, by the way, Mo Rocca 
who's a journalist is going to be in a show coming up um, uh, off Broadway. But anyway, I also should mention for audiences that don't know, I have been in acclaimed college productions as Snoopy and a good man, Charlie Brown and El Gallo in the Fantastics. Did I tell you guys that? Did you guys know that? Yes. All right. Sorry. (laughs) All right. All right. Never mind. Let's, let's get on with the job here. Okay, fine. All right. Okay. So, um, Clearly what's on everybody's mind is the ongoing, because it is ongoing COVID crisis. And just this week, this morning, like, well, like yesterday, mm-hmm. today, uh, the public theater, well, first they were forced to move the opening because, uh, Jacob Ming Trent plays one of the leads in their production of Mary Wives, uh, got injured. And then, the, the apparently someone uh in the production crew i think not a, not in the cast uh tested positive so they had to cancel a couple of performances i we're going to see more of that it is oh, yes. a fact it's happening a lot over in britain um they had to delay the opening of um andrew weber's cinderella well, he, it sounded like at first he pulled it. He was, he, he, he sort of like, it, I mean, he, his first announcement was, I'm done. And then they pulled back and said, no, 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 we're just pushing because of all the policies and changes I mean, in COVID. I think to nobody's surprise, Andrew Loweber was being a little dramatic. Right. Uh, but, which, you know, I love him for that, but. He's um, a drama person. Yes. So, um, I, wh- what does it mean? I mean, we're going to see more of that. Do we. Is like is this the new normal where yes. production stop or do you like what I, I don't I really have no especially answer. on Broadway until everybody is prepared for unexpected cast changes that they, they can move people in and out and uh, we are going to see more of this COVID is not closing up shop just to suit the convenience of the the theater business and with all the variants coming online audiences themselves are are making the big calculation. And I have been thinking, here I am, I'm seeing my first shows now, and, and they're all, so far, they're in out-of-door venues. Uh, most everybody is unmasked. It's, I'm vaccinated. It's right. not required up here anymore. But I'm starting to wonder uh, just exactly how safe am I uh, outdoors in a reasonably distanced playing area, I feel safe. How will I feel when I see a show indoors? And the answer is I'm going to find out when I get there. Do do you, so there was a big of a kerfuffle because uh, Springsteen on Broadway was requiring um, vaccination. And I believe like before that, Mike Daisy, and and you saw him, you saw that show, Peter was also requiring vaccination. I honestly am all for it. If you don't want to be vaccinated, tough. You don't get to see Springsteen right, or whatever show. I, I don't see what the problem is. Right. I don't either. I you, mean, you're well. not entitled to do whatever you want. It doesn't work that way in civilized society, much to some people's surprise. And well, I think the existence of putting such policy in place is going to be a big factor in how and when people are ready to come back to Broadway or to any other theater anywhere. Right. Yeah. Well, here's an interesting, you know, I, I tweeted about the uh, the Mary Wives situation this morning and just about whether this was a harbinger of problems to come in. And um, one of the people who follow I've filed for a long time named Sharon M. That's her 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 uh, her handle is S.M. Minor M.I.N.O.R.E. 
Um, but she wrote, this is interesting. She wrote, canceling every time someone tests positive is unsustainable. Transmission will happen and be with us forever now. Instead, vaccination must be required of all staff, cast, and crew. People will still be infected here and there, like with other viruses, but the show will go on. What do you think? Well, that is one of the things that we're starting to read now in COVID coverage, is that we need to ex expect that breakthrough cases, just simply because of the theory of large numbers, are inevitable. What vaccination guarantees almost entirely is that you won't die. Right, you right, won't right. get long COVID or anything right. like that. But mm -hmm. she's right. It's going to happen. We, right. And there's yeah. some I, level in which we have to get used to it. It's it's inevitable. I, I, and I, I honestly, I don't have a problem with that. If your idea of personal freedom is that you're not going to get vaccinated, well, then fine. Say goodbye to that job because you're endangering other people. Mm. I really don't have a problem with that. Uh with cast and crew and audiences being vaccinated. Um, right. So, um, yeah. I, yeah, yeah, I, I, to me, it's such a clear cut issue that, you know, I came back actually, I, I, I was on the, on the road in July and I was in an area in a state that actually has a very good, I was in Colorado, which has a very good vaccination rate. Actually, they're, 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 they're a good state. Um, but they get a lot of visitors uh, from neighboring states like Arkansas and Oklahoma and a lot of Texans who are not vaccinated. And so I was there for a week and I saw outside of the airports, I saw maybe like five or six people wearing masks the entire time I was yeah. there. Um, and it's, it's very uh, disconcerting. You know, I was very, I was not really indoors much at all, except when I was in line to get coffee, which then I would drink outdoors and I ate out outside i was i did not stay indoors very long at all but it's still very disconcerting because i think there's really a sense that you can do whatever the heck you want whenever you want wherever you want and it's uh it was and and i um i got tested actually uh when i came back so i was tested negative but i it, it was you know in the back of my mind that it was a little unsettling well, it might be worth noting it might be worth noting, Erica brought this to our attention, a reader, one of us oh, made yes. a crack that on the last letter. episode about Austin, Texas. They didn't want to be there. I don't know who it was. Well, that person will probably remain nameless. We I think it was to... me. Oh, good. <laughs> um, not me. But anyway, uh, uh, about, and, and pointing out that Austin's vaccination rate was higher than New York's by about 10%. So, you know, we can't make any generalizations about you know parts well, of the this country. This is dead right. And in mentioning that, I, I didn't express myself clearly. But I was wondering, Austin you know, is, is supposedly one of the hip towns in Texas. And I have wondered if, is the cohort of people who go to see theater in a serious way, maybe in particular people who go to New York to see shows or to Chicago to see shows, is that cohort more likely to be vaccinated than uh, people who seek other forms of entertainment? I, I just don't have any idea. Well, okay, I have a, well, it's not an answer, but I have a completely anecdotal example there. So when I'm in Crete, I was talking to a couple, uh, and the productions were all outdoors, right? So we're outside, and I'm talking to a couple, and I think they were from Arkansas. And I say, oh, well, we're draw you to Creed. And they said, well, we love it here. We love the acting, blah, blah, blah. And then one of them said, well, uh, and also when we saw it was outdoors, it was great because uh, we knew nobody would ask why we're not vaccinated. 
Oh, oh boy, that's interesting. So there you go. Yeah. Wow. I, I, I was like, I had this reflex of like, even though I am vaccinated. But anyway, um, I was thinking, okay, well, hmm. We all right. Mustn't, um, perhaps we mustn't be patting ourselves on the back as a group of being so damn enlightened. And they are like huge theater fans. They were telling me yeah. that they come every year and they see every show every year. So, and they bought their tickets the day they went on sale. So, which was where they had a really good spot. Uh, but so there you go. I mean, that's one couple, but um, it's very telling. And there are lots of people have different reasons for not getting vaccinated. Mm-hmm. Well, it still and shocks me. It yeah, shocks the, cor- me. the correlation is is all over the map, depending on what their me. reasons are and how it relates to you know, right. they do with the rest of their lives. And then I talked to a lot of people who were on my trip. I talked to a lot of people who were vaccinated and very happy about it. And, uh, and there seemed to be actually a certain tension between the local Coloradans. I think that's what they're called and the visitors. And th- there was a bit of tension there. Um, because, you know, they make their living working with visitors and Visitors were not necessarily being as careful as the locals were. So yeah. it was an interesting tension, which I am sure is replicated in many, many parts of the country right now. Totally. So, as travel resumes. Well, each in our different ways, we are all starting to um, to move around to see shows. And I mentioned that when I came up to the Berkshires last week, I saw Christopher Lloyd in King Lear, the third time that I've seen an octogenarian actor play the octogenarian Lear. And uh, this was also the first live performance that I had seen since the lockdown, since uh, the Hot Wing King. And I had wanted to come back to the theater with something other than the odd couple, you know, I mean, something, a real moment. And uh, you can't be much more momentous than Lear. Um, and I was, this was an outdoor performance uh, with a reasonable distancing in the seats in an outdoor amphitheater. Uh, and a fa- fabulous performance, one of the best leers and one of the best productions I've ever seen. But I was especially curious as to what I would feel being back in the house, as we say, uh, after a layoff of considerably more than a year. Mm. And it felt perfectly natural to me it was like okay here i am again i'm back until the first time there was laughter from the audience because we forget that lear is in places a very funny play and that first spatter of laughter that was i won't say it made me jump but it made me realize this is what i have been missing i have been missing the sound of of the human communion of being in an audience Okay, you did not go at all where I was expecting you to go. I thought you were t- going to talk about how the the sound of laughter made you nervous because of people projecting oh. spit and possible oh, contaminants. I didn't even think so. about that. I just thought, oh my god, here we are again. It's been a long time, and you know, as you know, I've been reviewing online theater continuously for the last year, year, nearly year and a half, and I just saw an online show. Uh, one of the last ones that I'll be writing about that reminded me of why I love this medium. It's a, it's a Philadelphia company, Quintessence Theater Group, was doing a very demanding and also a very funny play, uh, Thornton Wilder's The Skin of Our Teeth. Mm. Uh, and it was, it conveyed this 
difficult, but also very, very funny and fanciful play, as well as any of the three staged productions that I've seen since uh, Skin started coming back in the repertory in 2017, uh, including a good one in Washington, Peter. Uh, and I, I, I was reminded, I don't think I needed to be reminded, that although now the focus of my activities is going to move back to live theater, that there is still a place for online, both as, as a different way of delivery, but also hybrid theater that provides a unique experience of its own. And I expect to continue to cover that uh, as, as appropriate, just as I do uh, live theater. That's great, Terry. And I think, uh, oddly enough, you've put your finger on the the, the vast uh, difference in experience between seeing this piece live and not. The Lear, what was so interesting about what you said was when um, when Elizabeth asked you about being worried about, you know, saliva going everywhere from people laughing, you said, I didn't even notice it. Because what happens in a live performance when it takes you someplace, you don't you, the world around you ends, and this yes. this becomes your world. Th- that's the bubble you're in. Oh, yeah. And you need that theater to do that. That's what theater does. It's a different experience. The digital, I'll grant you, there are very good things on digital, but it wouldn't matter if you coughed, choked, rolled on the floor, played with your dog or cat or Cheryl. Um, uh, um <laughs> wouldn't matter because it has no impact on anyone around you or except for the other people in the room. So I, that's what I loved about what you said. You yearned, you found that again in the very first thing that you saw coming back. That's an ideal description of why this is so, it's so wonderful to hear you talk about being back in a live space. I love online theater. I think it's a permanent change in our culture, but it does not provide that sense of collective communion of people coming together to share pieces of their heart Mm -hmm. in a larger experience. Yep. Well said. Mm -hmm. Elizabeth, what have you been up to? Well, uh, the big thing for me is that I I was in, yeah, I did that trip in Colorado and which, uh, that, article is coming out August 8th now, so I don't want to talk about it too much, but it was very interesting. And I saw uh, a few things while I was there. Um, what is it? What is there? I mean, I don't even know about this theater. <laughs> so I was, <laughs> I was in uh, Creed, Colorado and Creed? I saw Creed. Yes, I was. Um, C-R-E-E-D-E. And I don't know anything C-R-E-E-D-E. about C-R-E-E-D-E. Tell me about it. That's about it. Creed is in a town of 400 people in Mineral County, Colorado. It's about five hours from Denver wow. and about five hours from Albuquerque in oh, the cool. other direction. Those are the major airports. There's smaller regional airports, but it's really pretty isolated. Um, and since 1966, they have a, they've had a company doing true repertory. That is five shows every, every summer. It's only a summer season. And they, uh, so they do five shows. Outdoors? Uh, no, you, they have two theaters. This was their first outdoor season. And what happened is they had to make a decision early on uh, to go outdoors. Uh, I mean, that means what they were going to do. And it was early enough that things were still a little up in the air. So they decided to do it outdoors. So I'm gonna, not going to say too much about it. But the show that I saw there were actually one of the pandemic hits. Uh, and they were doing, um, Ken Ludwig's, uh, Dear Jack, Dear Louise, which is a two person play that has been very popular 
this past year because it's a two-person play yeah. based on letters, just like Love Letters, which is another very popular two-person show. And they don't really interact directly. So it makes it very easy to stage in a distance manner. And I've do seen... You, do, you hold script, do you hold scripts in this play? Is no, no. Love? In this one, it's it's more acted than, than, okay. than Love Letters. And it has more potential for staging yeah. than Love Letters. So it's a bit more... Uh, and Ken Lewick, and it's actually based on his parents' story, so there's not much of a suspense as to whether or not they're going to get together since the result wrote the play. (laughs) But but anyway, it it was charming. And the other play that I saw was a new play by a woman named Alison Greger, and it was called Red Riding Hood, which is a kind of spin on the the famous story. And they were also doing an Iliad, which uh, I missed because uh, of an electrical storm that's been big in the All pandemic. Right. That's Wait. another pandemic hit, which actually we should talk one day about the pandemic hits because there's some plays that are really emerged yeah. as you, very, very popular this past year. Elizabeth, you've buried the lead. <laughs> Wait, Wh- Wait which what's is, the lead? What the hell possessed uh, you to go to Creed, Colorado? What was the impulse? That's more okay, like my kind I, of destination. Yeah. I am hesitant to reveal because my story will not be out by the time this comes out. So yeah. I will really encourage... Uh, or readers to read it. They'll I read it. Say more. I, I just want to know it, what... But I can tell you, it is possibly the best story I've ever worked on. Oh, Wait a minute. So why did you go? What was the what? What drew you to Creed, Colorado? I think we've got to wait for that. No, that, I, you can't that, leave that, me hanging. I, I want to know why to... you slept five you, hours out of Denver to you, Mineral you, County. You must read. You must read this story. Uh, I'll just say that I cried. I laughed. This is not there. an answer. We can do that on a plane. You know what I mean? It's an, I, I, it's, I, it is an answer for now. It's an well, answer I, for my, now. This my is evil. Lead, my, <laughs> personal, my personal lead on this is I've been covering regional theater for, I don't know, 15, maybe 20 years. I've seen a lot of shows in a lot of different places, and I know of a lot of places that I haven't been to yet. I've never heard of this company. And it just reminds me, it's a big country oh, it sure full is. of good theater. And during the pandemic, when all I was doing was watching my web All right, let me ask the question. Lots of Can I ask the question this way? Why the hell did you go to Creed, Colorado? The Grand Inquisitor from the Washington Post. Um, well, okay, it's a really good story. <laughs> Which you will read in two weeks. <laughs> okay, I'll, I'll give up. You're just going to wait. People will now tone. have to read it. It doesn't matter if you're not like revealing, like, you know, some deep, dark secret that the NSA has kept. What is the, what is the. Hey, we're talking our first two paragraphs, I guess. I know. Listen, I, I'm being, I'm teasing. I know. I, I realize. Know. I will not put you on the spot anymore, Elizabeth. God knows. I can't wait to read this piece. After we go off the air, we'll, we'll Seriously, go to work on it's. It. I'll tell you off the air, but it's only coming out. It's coming out in two weeks, and it's right. it's so wonderful. It's well, so girl, wonderful. you got me right. hooked. I can't wait to see it. So, all right. So, I apologize listeners, to listeners. Li- li- listeners, I guarantee you your money back, which I cannot afford to give you, but <laughs> all right. I guarantee your listeners are going to love this one. Well, I, I love all I your stories. It. I love I love researching it. I I actually started entertaining fantasies of moving there. Wow. I so, felt that the first time I went to American Players Theater in Spring Green, Wisconsin. Oh, that place uh, sounds which, amazing. I really want to go there. And a lot of its ensemble is resident. They live there year round. Mm-hmm. And I, the first time I went there, I thought, God, you know, you could live here. 
That's how I felt. Uh, that's what I felt when I went to St. Anne's Warehouse in, in Dumbo. <laughs> so, <laughs> okay, uh, smart ass. What have you been up to? <laughs> I'm sorry, listeners. I'm I'm in a you know I'm and I I adore Elizabeth. I was not badgering her, so please no, hold we, your we hold your mailbag I complaints. Feel terrible because I am so dying to talk about it, but I I really won't. I'll talk about it next time. Uh, yeah, we. Well, I, I think. Tell, tell, okay, tell, I know Peter yeah. that you and I are going to the same place. Very, Very exciting, Terry. I'm thrilled to say that um, uh, a the Peterborough players in New Hampshire if I've got the name right, did I say the name right? right. Uh, are putting on an outdoor uh, in the in the streets of Peterborough, which is the site of the uh, for the fictionalized Grover's Corners in our town. They are putting on a production of our town with a very diverse cast, God love them, with Gordon Clapp, who was on NYPD, I think it was NYPD oh, Blue. Oh, yeah. No, He's playing it the was state. WKRP. No, both, I think. No, no, no. I th- he was definitely, uh, he was a cop. Okay. Anyway, I don't think there was a cop on different Gordon. RP. All right, yeah, I'm thinking. Yeah, of no, Gordon. yeah, I think of a different Gordon. Anyway, Gordon, Gordon he's playing the stage manager uh, in a in a in what's going to be a very immersive. It sounds like production, but anyway, Terry and I will both be there on opening night, uh, and that's you for, should uh, you should uh, drive uh, 20 miles and go see our friend uh, Jared Mizochi. Uh, the uh, oh? st- streaming uh, wizard who's doing a, a very interesting looking uh, project. Oh, uh, he does a children's theater like twenty miles from 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 Peterborough, and he's doing a kind of a hybrid thing uh, there this summer. That sounds very um, promising. Anyway, well, Peter, one thing I'll do with you, uh, like late in the afternoon or when we get there, I'll take you up to the cemetery, which is Ooh. actually where the oh cemetery is. Oh my God, you guys are going on? Are you going on you, a date? Into oh, that's cemetery? so cool. You will have. Chills rolling wow. up and down your spine. I'm very, I'm already. I, I you know, okay. this is the kind of thing that does. I just love it when Terry speaks. You know, tells sweet things to to Peter and oh, we're going to have a moment. Romantic strolls in cemeteries. Yes. Well, listen. This when is Hillary and I were were steered to the cemetery a few visits ago to Peterborough, and as soon you have to climb up a hill, you can't even park. You got to leave your car like halfway in the road. We started moving up that hill. And a fine mist started to come down. And I want to tell you, it really was like the graveyard scene. And there are stones. There's the one stone that I noticed just by chance, which is clearly where Wilder got the name of Simon Stimson, the choir master. Wow. Uh, uh, That's never to be forgotten experience. Well, you know, I mean, I agree with you, Elizabeth. For most people, you know, romance involves like Tom Hanks and Meg Ryan on the top of the Space Needle. For theater nerds, it's Terry saying, "Let's go to the cemetery where our town is uh, is uh-huh. the is a memory." You know, that's like we. That's how we live. You know, that's that's yeah. the rarefied world we live in. But I know that a lot of people out there will understand why that like gets our, our juices get going. Yeah. So the other things I'm I'm you know I haven't done a lot of. I mean, I was in D.C. for a couple of productions but but uh uh in in june that that were just mere startups to what's going to happen later regional theater is sort of opening up indoors a little later than this whole broadway extravaganza thing happening it's really october november more than september 
But nevertheless, I'm going to be in D.C. on September 10th because there's this wonderful event that's going to be staged on the steps of the Lincoln Memorial to to memorialize the 20th anniversary of 9-11. The cast and crew of of Come From Away are going to perform the entire musical on the steps of the Lincoln Memorial for a, a free audience that they hope will fill the entire National Mall, which is a wonderful gesture. Um, Has and there I've, ever been a theatrical performance like that on no. the steps? No. In fact, wow. the, the head of Ford's Theater, Paul Tetro, who really this, who came up with this notion, said he's been encouraged for years to sort of like do something there because of Ford's Theater's natural connection to the Lincoln history. Uh, but no, there has not been anything on this level in terms of, and it's it's a wonderful, it's a testimony to, I think, first of all, to the the, the, the impact that theater does have in Washington. You know, we sometimes discount out of, in, in, in cities that aren't LA, New York, or Chicago, what, what it's, how meaningful this can be. But I guarantee you this will be a a launch of, of returning to theater like none Wait. we've seen. Wow. But, but you know, I was actually looking, there's some like really exciting stuff coming up in the uh, DC area in the, in the fall. Because, yes. Like, first of all, Britney Spears musical, I am so, it's like they were thinking, what could we do? What could we do that would please Elizabeth Vincentelli? What could we do? Maybe a Britney Spears jukebox. Yes. That should catch her interest. Well, it's it's got one of those, huh, sort of uh, stories behind it. It's it's a musical called Once Upon a One More Time. And it's uh yeah. And it's a it's a title. fractured fairy t- a fractured feminist fairy tale populated by Britney Spears songs being produced by Shakespeare Theater Company, if you can get your head around this one. Okay. Who wrote the book for this? The book is written by John Hartmuir, um, who's a uh, screenwriter who's done a little bit of um, dab. I think he's a theater guy, but he's done mostly uh, screenplays. And it's being directed by a husband and wife the choreography Madrids. team. The Madrids. The Madrids. Uh, who yes. are known for things like Beyond Babylon in New York. Um, so it's an interesting uh, project. It's actually one of three. It's, it's, it's announced as a pre-Broadway tryout, surprise, surprise. But two others at other regional theater companies, not at the National or the Kennedy Center, Willie Mammoth is going to be doing the pre-Broadway run of A Strange Loop, which was the Pulitzer winner and a big hit for, was it Playwrights, I think? Horizons? Uh, yes, or, yes, yeah. yes. And uh, Signature Theater is bringing uh, care of a, a Broadway producer, K-pop, which was also a bit of a sensation for Ars I Nova. Adore K-pop. So uh, yeah, I ever since you waiting, told me about Elizabeth, I thought I, I have wish been waiting for the return of K-pop since... It played in New York like like three years ago. Is that what it was? It feels like forever. Feels like forever. That well, was a pre pre fame uh, Ashley Park greatness. Well, moment. if if the time sent you to Creed, they can send you <laughs> to to Washington to you see. Think, right? Yeah, you've got <laughs> no, to come she did down. That the, she did that from the change out of the couch cushions. Yes. Uh, <laughs> so I mean. You know, this is all predicated, I think, all of what we're talking about here, we've talked about today, is all predicated on, you know, things going well in this country yeah. for COVID. I, I, you know, one of my fears, and I was talking about all these things, is, you know, we're going to get people revved. We get people revved up. We're excited. And then, you know, there are pullbacks. You know, we don't know from month to month what COVID is going to do to, uh, to oh. group gatherings. Uh, and I'm just... I am concerned that they were going to, you know, start up, rev up. There'll be all this energy, all this adrenaline, 
And they're and then you're going to have like a deflation because there's going to be bumps on the road that are going to be either be serious or minor. And we're going to have to be explaining how do we keep the credibility of this process uh, alive for readers so that they both depend on us to tell them and also they can they know what to go to and when. You know, I, I think one of the things is also uh, t- ticketing is going to have to adapt. I think they're going to have to they're going to have to change their ref- like their policies to change tickets. Yeah, they're going to have to make it a lot easier because one of the things that came back along with theater indoors is all those crazy fees. And I think people mm. are going to be really annoyed at that even more than they were before. And I do think like, just like the airlines, the theaters are going to have to make their exchange policies a lot more flexible. People do not want to have to be stuck and there's going to be more delays and more postponements and more changes. And we're going to have to live with them and we're going to, we have to adapt. And so do they, they have to make ticket ticketing more easier for, 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 for customers. There's, there's just like for us, okay. The, the public theater postpones Mary wives. And we email them and we say, can we just find it easy? But you know what? No, it's not easy. It's, it's, we are incredibly lucky and, and fortunate to be in that position. But for most people, you, you know, you can't wait for hours or you, you can't, you don't want to be stuck with a ticket that you can't exchange. I mean, those things have to change. And, and that has to, and I haven't really seen much discussion of that. But it has to happen. It is so such a huge part of Pass moving is a big forward. Word. It's what there's one of the corollaries of Murphy's Law. Surely ought to be nobody has to stop doing something stupid. <laughs> and um, I suspect we're going to see that played out quite a bit in the next few months. I, I don't know. Yeah. To me, the big, big variable, the thing that's going to determine whether or not this works. Will people return to theaters that do not require vaccination? And if they won't, will the theaters do that? Are there places where they will and places where they won't? How broad, how will Broadway handle this? How do you check it? Um, I, you know, I'm very curious to see what's going to happen in places like not just like Broadway, but what's going to happen in Branson. Missouri yeah. is one of the worst, I guess, a terrible, okay, I hope I'm not saying something really dumb like the Austin, <laughs> but I'm pretty no. sure Missouri has not a good vaccination rate. Well, in fact, Branson is in the part of Missouri that has the hottest, highest uh, uh, COVID numbers, I think, in the nation. Wow. And the lowest vaccination rates. Uh, the part where I come from, southeast Missouri, is on the other side of the state. Missouri's a big state. But that's where the the COVID action is. So what, what what's going to happen there? Because if if I am thinking about like a hot spot, like that would come to mind. Yeah, that's a hot spot. Um, but then the West Coast. I mean, Los Angeles is yeah. a hot spot now. Yeah, I yeah. Mean, no, no, totally. How do you so, keep? How do you keep up? You know, I, it seems to me that Broadway ought to be saying now, right now. Yeah. When we open, we will require vaccination or some kind of on-the-spot testing, something, mm-hmm. so that people will feel safe and so that they'll mm-hmm. know what they have to do to get into the show. <laughs> I carry my vaccination card in my wallet. Yeah, yeah. Hi. And- Peter? 
Yeah. Are you signaling for us? No, I was waving. Uh, no, I was waving to my wife who arrived home, and oh. um, she was keeping the dog from barking. But anyway. Oh, right. Your wife, whom oh, I think is a publicist for the public theater. Yeah, I know that I was very funny. I want to see funny. the dog. I want oh, to see the dog. Trevor. Well, he'll, he's a he's a monster. So you know, he's he's not podcast ready. So gotcha. yeah. Um, but so, I, thought, I thought a excuse monster. Excuse me for interrupting. So, I, I please continue. Home. Res- resume. <laughs> Erica, were we midstream? I, <laughs> yeah. Who the hell knows? Just leave it in. Yeah. Oh my God. Okay. Well, I was being Tri- my usual Trevor emphatic. I was being my usual emphatic self about the necessity of figuring out a workable way of, of Broadway and other theaters to confirm vaccination. Well, that I is a great question. That, yeah. Uh, you know, there is each show seems to be waiting like up till like a couple of weeks before they really have to make their net like reveal their plan. I think it's partially cynical, you know, I mean, trying to get as many people to buy tickets ahead of time as possible, it's, but, you know, and, and announcing maybe a few weeks prior to, you know, uh, the start of performances, whether or not they're going to do, th- do this, you know, Hades Town and Waitress are the next ones on Broadway, because we're talking about New, New York specifically for a moment. Passover. Is, isn't Passover? Passover, Passover is- yes. But I mean, after the first, I should have said, excuse oh. me, the first big right. cast shows, Passover is basically right. three actors and three understudies. Uh, right. So they and they have announced also that they're going to require vaccinations. Mm-hmm. The next two after that, it feels like primary season for the you know for the presidency. The next two to open will be Hades Town and Waitress in early September, and there are large cast shows, big complex machines, and whether or not they will also require uh, vaccinations is not been announced. And, and musicals also, which people had mentioned before as more problematic because of singing and correct you know all spitting those things. and all that we've given a lot of stick to actors equity on this show i think not unreasonably but the other side of the coin here is to mix my metaphors is that equity has been extremely proactive mm-hmm. about demanding safe safety policies for its members uh, I'm I'm going up to the Hudson Valley Shakespeare Festival in a couple weeks to see The Tempest, and I know somebody that cast, and I thought, you know, I'll, I'll I'll see him after the show, and he told me that he couldn't he could not meet anybody outside the dressing rooms after the show that we'd have to meet in the parking lot, mm-hmm. and the first thing I thought was run and then I thought, wait a second, these guys have they're really trying to enforce safety issues for their people. I would guess that these Broadway shows are going to be running up against equity like a battering ram if they don't plan this out carefully. There may also be insurance issues, you know, who knows yeah. in terms yeah. of like people catching it from a, you know, who knows what, how that all, yeah. I mean, the financial aspects. Well, we've, you know, we've, we're, you know, I'm exhausted at the, at the implications. <laughs> <laughs> now we've got, now we've got to see how this is all going to play out. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's um no, it's it's really um it's really weird that feeling of living a historical moment when you're in it because mm. I, 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 there's no roadmap and God anyway as 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 a train historian back in my in my youth I would have thought this would be great and uh, when you're in it it's actually not great. Mm. Right. It, it's um, it makes me think of uh, the days after nine eleven. Mm. Uh, I mean, not not as Monster, not that immediate concentrated tragedy, but uh, 
we are in the middle of something that people will be writing about to the end of time. Okay, so, and we will, we will write about it from the theater perspective or other medium. And, okay, so we've philosophized, we've argued, we've, uh, let's see, we've solved all the problems of American theater yeah, in well, 40 minutes. You and you haven't told us why was... you went to Creed. Give up. <laughs> Give up. Damn well, it. I am glad just to be sitting around the, this electronic table talking again about going out to the theater. Truth. That's a really good feeling. <laughs> Truth. So anyway, you know, you can tell we remain after all this time together. I would call us a hybrid crew of skeptics and cockeyed optimists. Are, you, are, you, are you going to sing now? Can oh, you, my God. Can thank you. you. Maestro. Stop him. Maestro, if you Get please. <laughs> Um, I, yeah, uh, unfortunately I don't have, uh, Kelly O'Hara's, uh, pipes to sing cockeyed up. No, but you're just as pretty. <laughs> uh, we'll test that out in the cemetery okay, in Between Peterborough. that and the cemetery, yeah. I am going to, God bless like you. Really, uh, so, so anyway, I feel like I'm the odd woman out in here. In, with, in our throuple. You can tell, you can tell with the energy <laughs> we bring. the aisle. We, we, hey, you can girl, tell. I just the, threw you your out cue. All right. This group is out of control. <laughs> Uh, we're, ex- <laughs> we're just, we're so pent up. We so want to, our optimism is showing even okay. through our, our very serious, uh, discussion of the issues. Okay. Yeah. And I, I think I'm going to call it, I'm going to call it, but I, I, I think we cannot top this for today. So I'm going to say that's, that's the show. Yes. That's the show. I'm Elizabeth Vincentelli. I second that. I'm Peter Marks. <laughs> and I'm Terry Teachout. Our producer, who has said nothing but is watching with amazement <laughs> in the fourth box, is the forever forbearing Erica Wong. <laughs> you can follow us on Twitter at 3ontheisle.com, spell it out. And since we're really ready to start taking your letters, please write to us. Again, spell it out at 3ontheisle at gmail.com. That's 3ontheisle at gmail.com. And, and let us know what you'd like to hear about uh on future episodes because we might actually we might actually do it who knows we've done it before we're crazy that way and and leave a rave clearly on itunes or google play or spot i don't know we're on spotify wherever you find us just send us a love letter and demand that elizabeth tell you why she (laughs) went to creed colorado thank you so much for listening and please Yes. What were you going to say, Elizabeth? You have a, like a final <laughs> word. You're going to reveal it. Are you revealing? I'm going to say that Creed is the new Shipoopy. Oh Jesus! <laughs> oh jeez! And if you need, if you need to understand that remark, uh, people, you have not been listening religiously to this show. And please, on the off chance that you haven't done so, get fully vaccinated so that you can join us again soon on the aisle.